Amen. So, as I mentioned before, Neil, our senior pastor, is on leave, and he's on leave for the rest of this month. And so, while he may be around the place, uh, he's taking some time to just refresh and enjoy life. He's he's a grandpa. Woo! And obviously, Joe is a. What's your official titles? Nanny and Nanny and Poppy. Oh, isn't that lovely? Isn't that lovely? Um, Bless you guys, bless you Neil as you take some time. I just want to thank you Neil for just the boldness that you lead this place with uh, and your determination and just seeking God in everything that you do and I want to invite all of you guys just to pray for Neil over the coming time, just for that refreshing, just for continued boldness and determination in what God has for this place. I'm super excited about organic evangelism next week, I feel like we're talking about it a lot but it's important. You know, God, God has got stuff in store. You know, we are, we are on a journey. We are, you know, Neil, Neil talked last week about the fact that we're on a journey and, and that the, there are things that are going to come up that may be scary. I suspect organic evangelism might be one of those things. But it's not, is it? Because Isaac told us it wasn't this morning. And, but I love being part of this amazing church family and there is no doubt that God is at work. No doubt. And it's my heart's desire that we all grab hold of that and we run with that because I want to see his plans fulfilled in this place. I want to see his plans fulfilled in this city. And we have this amazing privilege to do that. And so grab hold of it. It's good. Let's just pray before we get into God's word this morning. Lord God, I just thank you that you are active and that you are present that you are here in our midst today and that you love us and you care for us. I thank you that we can, we can come into your presence and we can worship with, with song, that we can worship in communion and, and through giving of our finances. And Lord God, as we open your word now, I just pray that you would touch our hearts, that, that you would speak to us afresh this morning. In your precious name, amen. So over the last number of weeks. I've had this message on my heart for a while and it, like probably two, two or so months and it just hasn't, hasn't been the right timing. And I've been a little bit impatient in that, to be honest. And um, God has plans and purposes. Did you know that? Today is the day. Anyway, over the last few weeks, I have been driving around town with this, with this message on my heart, um, you know, doing school drop-offs with my kids, going to work, running errands out and about. And over the past couple of weeks, I've had numbers of opportunities to witness people driving around, traveling around from one place to another in cars with trailers or with utes or with trucks that are just loaded up with stuff with loads that have various levels of security in the value of the loads that they are carrying. And so one morning I was driving here, my kids go to school here at Good Shepherd, and I was driving up and there was a guy with a, was obviously on his way to or from a golf course and he had his golf cart buggy thing in a trailer behind his car. And we were sitting, sitting at the lights, me and my kids, and, and the kids noticed that, you know how on the golf clubs they've got those, those fluffy things? I don't know what they're called. Club covers, maybe? Anyway, this particular guy had 
club covers that were like monkeys or gorillas or something. You know, fluffy with arms and whatever. Anyway, so there was these things covering his golf clubs and then, and then along the underside of the front of the roof was a whole heap of golf clubs that had just been sort of shoved or looked like they'd just been shoved in there so they were hanging down, little fingers hanging down at the front of the roof. Anyway, and so we stopped next to each other at traffic lights, and as we accelerated away towards 100 kilometres an hour, the gloves were going crazy, they are flapping around like nothing else, and the monkey's arms were flailing wildly. And the entire time that we are driving alongside, everything remained intact. But I'm not 100% certain that it would have been the case when he got to his destination, wherever that may have been. So that's the first story. Another time I was travelling and I was stopped at a traffic light behind a ute. I was on my way home from work and this guy had obviously just gone to some local homewares shop and he'd picked up a brand new 65-inch ultra-high-def smart TV, a bed frame and a mattress and they were all in boxes. I think that's what it was. I, could, the, like, I was reading the labels because I was sitting next to him. I was being a bit of a nosy parker. But anyway, so this guy was driving in a ute, flatbed ute, so no sides or back on the tray. The bed frame was lying on the tray and then there was a mattress rolled up in a box on the side. And then the TV was up against the cab. The TV had about six ratchet straps holding this thing in place and there was nothing holding the bed frame <laughs> and the mattress in place. Again, I can't be certain that the mattress and bed frame made it, but we know for certain that that TV was going to make it home. He might have been in an accident and rolled the car, that TV would still be in place. And then there was another car I was following and, and it was pulling a car trailer that had an old ute in it. And its doors were missing, it had flat tyres, and on its tray was stacked twice the height of the cab with old fans and bits of aircon and all sorts of bits and pieces. And so they were obviously on their way to the dump, by the looks of things, but there was nothing about that load that said it was secure. Nothing at all. And so I had to back right off to make sure that I didn't hit something if it flew off. And then one more story. One more story. I was coming home from work, and I work in Berrimah, and so I was coming down Berrimah Road, and that you can turn right to go in towards Hidden Valley, and these two cars pulled up, pulling car trailers that had the most immaculate street machines I've ever seen in my life. They were like mid-1970s Datsuns or Fords that had just been rebuilt. They had massive engines through the bonnet. They had big fat drag tyres on the back. There was a, a strap on every single tyre. There was a, a strap at the front holding its toe point and they had toe points on the back and there was one there and then they had an electronic winch on it with the cable still attached to the car. The trailers were braked so that if they had to slow down the trailer brakes came on and they both pulled away from the lights before I could take off and they both went the slowest I've ever seen anyone drive away from traffic lights. They were making sure that their load got to where it was going securely. So what do all of these stories have to do with today's message? You know, next week we're, we are embarking on this organic evangelism series. It's this next step in moving forward in the journey that God has for this place. 
And God has put on my heart this message. I've said I've had it for months and I've wanted to share it and it just hasn't been the right time. But I feel like God is saying to us, we need to pull over on this journey and take a moment to secure the load. Yeah? To ensure that the important things that we have in our lives are identified and safely secured before we move on. You know, for those of us who, who are part of the family of Cornerstone, who have been here for any length of time, would know that, that Cornerstone is a church that just loves. That's, that's words of prophecy that we've had spoken over us. And I think I mention it every time that I preach, and I think that's really important. Because that's the culture of what we're trying to establish here, is that we just love people. And I pray that each of you have actually experienced that for yourself as you come into this place, and as you meet together as people who call this place home. In Matthew 22, Jesus is challenged by the Pharisees with a question of which is the greatest commandment. They're trying to trip him up so that they can arrest him and have him crucified. And Jesus replies in verses 37 to 39, he says, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And second is equally important. Love your neighbour as yourself. You know, as as followers of Christ, we are called to love God with everything of ourselves, our hearts, our souls, our minds, and we are called to love our neighbour as ourselves. And if you look at the original Greek translation of this verse, that word neighbour the word that Jesus, the meaning of that that Jesus was saying, it it says that it's any person, irrespective of nation or religion, with whom we live near or whom we chance to meet. And so, we are called to love God and to love any person, regardless of where they come from, regardless of what they believe, those that we live near and those that we meet in our daily lives and we're to love them the same way that we love ourselves. And that's the question I have for us this morning. How well do you love yourself? Let me say that again. How well do you love you? You know, and this, I'm not posing this question because I don't want us to make, make us feel all self-righteous and self-obsessed and build each other up so that we're better than everyone else. But it's an important question to ask because, as it says, we need to love others the way we love ourselves. You know, as, right now, as we, as we sit here, as you are hearing my words, what opinion, what view do you have of yourself? You know, when you get up in the morning and you go to the mirror, if that's what you do, How do you greet yourself? What thoughts are going through your head as you start your day? As you go through your day, what things are you saying to yourself about yourself, about your character, about who you are, about your identity? What does your self-talk sound like? And maybe consider what would happen if you spoke to the people in your life the same way that you speak to yourself. Would those people still be wanting to hang around? You know, and I'm sure there are moments that all of us have where if we talk to people the way that we think or talk to ourselves, that there wouldn't be many people hanging around. 
And so I want to take the opportunity today to just remind us, or maybe you're even hearing this for the first time, to remind us that you are loved by God, that we are precious and priceless to Him. You know, I want to take a moment to ensure that we know, that we know, that we know the incredible knowledge and understanding that we are loved by God. And we've got to hold on to that firm and secure in order to journey forward. You know, Ron led us in an awesome communion this morning that talked about that love. The fact that God loves us so much that he gave up his son Jesus so that we can be in relationship with him. And Jesus himself chose to give up everything and to pour out his blood for us as individuals. Jesus gave up his authority in heaven and the power that came with it to come and live amongst us, to live like us, to love us and to die for each one of us. As you sit here this morning, this is how much you are loved. God has placed so much value on you. So how much value do you place on yourself? You know, I want to I take this time today just to remind us of who God says we are, to make sure that that identity is secure. To make sure that we know that we are loved by our incredible, powerful, mighty, victorious Creator God that his heart, his desire is for each one of us and every single person outside of, this wall, outside of these walls, his desire is to, for us to receive his unending love, to be in relationship with him for all eternity. That does my head in. Do you, have, do you, have you ever considered that? Eternity? You know, I think about my life and all of the little things that I deal with each day, oh, this has come up again and the challenges that we face, but in, in comparison to eternity, I know where I want to be, with my eyes fixed on Jesus, trusting in Him, so that I can be there for all eternity with Him. And so today, we have this opportunity, just a moment, to pull over to the side of the road, to check the load that we are carrying and to ensure that everything of value is tightly secured. And perhaps we are here this morning and we are carrying things that are not of value and we have this opportunity to leave those things behind. Maybe they are wrong thoughts or perspectives. They are lies and misconceptions about who we are. And I encourage us to leave those on the side of the road. Proverbs 18.21 reminds us that the tongue can bring death or life. The things that we speak, whether it's out loud or whether it's our inner self-talk, can produce one of two things. What are they? gone life and death that's it that's the two that's the two options there's no middle ground and so what are you speaking into yourself are you speaking life or are you speaking death 
And Proverbs 21, uh, 18, 21 continues on and it says, those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Again, what are we speaking? Are we speaking life or are we speaking death? What are you going to harvest from the things that you speak? You know, I'm, I'm sure you've all experienced when, when you're driving along with a load and you've got a tarp that's attached to that load and one of the straps might come off and you're going down the road and it starts to flap wildly, a bit like the monkey's arms on the golf clubs. And it flings itself backwards and forwards and it just makes a terrible noise. Even sitting in the car, you can hear it. Yeah? You're with me? You know what I'm talking about? With that in mind, you could say the same thing about our tongue when it isn't secured properly. It can make a lot of noise. It can be annoying. It can, can't it? Yeah? Is your tongue secure? Is your identity in Christ secure? Galatians 2.20 tells us that when we accept the invitation from God to declare Him as our Lord and Saviour, it says, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And so I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. When we invite Jesus into our lives, our old nature, our old self, our old identity is dead. It is crucified with Christ and the Holy Spirit lives in us. And it is no longer us who live, but our life comes from Jesus in us, through His Holy Spirit. Our identity is found in Jesus, the Son of God, who again loved us so much that He gave everything of Himself for us. Jesus lives in us. It is, it is His life, it is His love, His identity that is within each one of us. And as we trust in Him, that same life, love and identity should flow out of us. And there are so many verses that declare God's promises as to how much He loves us and how much we are valued by Him that we need to use to shape our identity and understand who we are. In fact, the entire Bible is a declaration to us of how much we are loved by Him, about who we are, about who we are designed and created to be. You know, God is the creator, He is the designer. Who else is more qualified to understand who we are designed to be than the one who created us? And so let me share some verses with you of what God says about who we are and we need to grab hold of them and we need to fasten them securely and we need to carry them forward with this in this journey. So we're going to go right back to the very beginning in Genesis 1, 27 and 38. It says, God created human beings in His own image. Then God looked over at all He had made and He saw that it was very good. We are made in the image of God We are shaped after Him and He sees us as very good. Make sure that is secure. In the Psalms, we read in Psalm 139, verse 1 and 2, 
O Lord, you have examined my heart and you know everything about me. You know when I sit down or when I stand up. You know my thoughts, even when I'm far away. God knows us intimately. He knows everything about each one of us, even if we don't want him to. He knows what we are doing when we're doing it. He knows our thoughts. In the NIV version, it says that God perceives our thoughts. In the New King James, it says he understands our thoughts. So not only does God know everything about us, but he understands and cares deeply about us. Tie that one down. In 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10, it says, You are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God for what he called you out of the darkness and into his wonderful light. We are each God's chosen people. In fact, we are his very own possession and we can show others the goodness of God because the way that he loves us and he invited us into his light when he called us out of darkness, when he called us by name. Again, he knows us and he calls us out of darkness into his light. Hebrews 10.10 says, For God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. God's desire for us is to be made holy and it was always his will and it always will be. It's not because of anything that we have done. It's not because of any achievement but because of the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. Grab hold of that. Ephesians 1, 4-7 Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his family, his own family, by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He, that is God, is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. What an incredible promise of God. God loves us and chose us to be holy and without fault in Jesus. And God made the decision to adopt us into his family, again, through Jesus Christ and the work of the cross. We are all adopted in his family. We can be called sons and daughters of God. And when he did this, it gave him great pleasure. We bring pleasure to God when we accept his love. And we understand the fact that we are chosen by him. And how do you, how do you respond to that? How can you not respond except with praise and adoration? 
of him, the one who purchased our freedom, who paid the price for our sin with the blood of his son. And there is nothing that can separate us from that love. Because Romans 8, 38 and 39 tells us that I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Not death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen? Nothing can separate us from God. And we are His children. Galatians 4, 7. You are no longer a slave but God's own child. And since you are His child, God has made you His heir. No longer are we bound under, under slavery of sin and death, but we are God's children. We are his children, making us his heirs to the inheritance of God. Ensure that these promises are secure. I could go on and on and on. I have a list. But I want to encourage you to open God's word and to read through those promises for yourself, to grab hold of those things when you are opening His Word. What does this say about who God says, I am? I wonder this morning how often you are opening God's Word and reading that. As we've been reminded in that last verse that we, we are His heirs, that means we have an inheritance, inheritance to His will, You know, not reading God's Word is like having a rich auntie who has no children and you know that you are an heir to her estate. But you refuse to open up the will to find out what you get. That's what it's like when we don't read the Bible. God's, the Bible is God's Word and it is His will and His desire for us. It's our inheritance. And so not opening it and reading it doesn't unlock all the riches that we have. And so I want to encourage you to get into His Word, to seek out His promises, to seek your identity in Him, to allow God to shape how you see yourself by the way that He sees you and to trust Him in that view, to allow Jesus and His Holy Spirit to shape us to shape how we see ourselves. To be reminded that we are loved by God and, and God fills us with love. And it is that love that needs to flow out onto those around us. Because it's no longer Christ who lives, oh, sorry, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. That's where the love comes from when we go right back to the start and we read that verse that says we need to love our neighbours. That we need to love regardless of, of nation or religion or belief 
or perspective, but just to love. Just as God loves us. And be secure in that. Make sure that you are secure in His love today. And then from that place, love others. Love your neighbours the way that we know we're loved by God. So as I've been talking, maybe you are here and you realise that that maybe your identity in Christ isn't so secure. Maybe you've realised that you've got stuff that you're carrying with you that doesn't need to be brought any further on this journey. I want to encourage us this morning to tighten the straps, to to unload the stuff that doesn't uh, bring life, to secure our tongues, to stop speaking words that bring death and start talking life. And so what I want to do this morning, I actually want to spend a little bit of time in prayer for us in this space, with these words still on our hearts. And so can I ask you all to stand up? And so as I've mentioned, maybe you are here and you realise that that who you are saying you are is not who God says you are. We're going to pray for you and we're going to reset that viewpoint. We're going to remove those wrong perspectives and we're going to replace it with God's perspective. You know, maybe you are here today and you are bound by fear or bound by depression or bound by anxiety and we're going to pray for you too. Maybe you are here and you are struggling to accept the worth that God puts on you. Or maybe it's something else entirely that you've thought of during this message, but God knows because he knows our thoughts and he knows us intimately and I want to invite you to bring those things to him. So let's just pray together. Lord God, I thank you for who you are. I thank you that we are all here this morning because you chose us. You chose to create us and you said that we are created very good. And I thank you that you loved us so much that you gave your only son, Jesus, as that perfect sacrifice so that we can enter into relationship with you and accept your amazing grace and forgiveness and be called sons and daughters of God. Lord God, I pray for every single person here in this building, for every person hearing this message, for our kids out in Kids Church and their amazing leaders. I pray that you would reset the view of ourself that you would give us eyes to see ourselves the way that you see us. Lord God, if our opinions and perspectives are wrong, God, I pray for clarity. I pray that you would show us how to see ourselves and others the way that you see us and others. Lord God, I pray for each one of us that if there are things that we are carrying in this load that we have with us that aren't in line with what you say, God, I pray that we would take this opportunity to leave them behind. And if that's you this morning, I want you to picture removing that stuff and putting it on the side of the road and leaving it behind because it's done, it's forgotten, it's forgiven and it's gone. 
Lord God, I pray that we would be secure in our understanding of who you are and who we are in you. Lord God, that you would help us to tighten the straps, to tighten down the tarps so that everything is held firmly in place. Lord God, I pray that you would help us to control our tongues. Lord God, I pray that you would give us tongues that speak life, not death. God, we want tongues that speak life. Give us tongues that speak life into ourselves. Give us tongues that speak life into each other. Give us tongues that speak life into every single person that we meet. And help us to speak that life and love in the same way that you speak it into us. Lord God, I pray for those who are here that are struggling or bound with fear or anxiety. We pray right now in Jesus' name that fear and anxiety be broken. It has no place here in any of us. It has no authority. God, I pray that you would fill us with your boldness, that we would hold our head high because of who you say we are, because there is nothing, nothing for us to be fearful or anxious about, only that we need to bring those things, bring those things that bring fear and anxiety into our lives. We need to bring those things to you and we bring them before you now. And I just want to stop here for a moment. And if that is you, I want you to just pray. I want you to pray that God would help you to take those things, that he will take them. He has already taken them. He's taken them upon the cross. And he has set us apart and he has set us for eternal life. The time we have here now is very short in comparison. Hand them over to him. And Lord God, I want to pray for those suffering from depression. Lord God, I want to pray that your love and your joy would fill each one of us to overflowing. Again, depression has no place here. It's not part of who you created us to be. And so we pray in Jesus' name that the impact and the power of depression be broken right now in Jesus' name. And Lord God, we invite your Holy Spirit to come. And to fill this place that that you again would remind us of who we are. That you would fill us afresh with your love. That we would hold firm and secure those things that we've heard this morning. About who you say that we are. That our hearts would be filled with you. That we would be filled with your boldness. That we would be secure in our identity because that's who you say we are. maybe you're hearing this message and you've never accepted Jesus in your heart can I say directly to you that these promises are for you you know God wants God wants you to know most of all that he loves you that he forgives you that he wants to call you his son or daughter that he wants to have you in his family and he is inviting you to come. He gave everything for you. And if that is you here this morning and you want to accept that invitation to come, just pray this simple prayer with me right now. Lord God, I want to accept you into my life 
as my Lord and my Saviour. I thank you that Jesus died on the cross and rose again for me. Lord God, forgive me for my sin. And I thank you that I am forgiven. And I invite you to come into my heart. Amen. Amen. So we are going to spend a bit more time in worship. I want to invite the team to come up. We're going to close our service. Um, But as always, the front is open for prayer and I would love to pray with you. If you accepted that invitation to invite Jesus into your life here this morning, I want to to celebrate with you as you begin this new journey in him. Please make sure that you you tell the person that you came with or come and tell me um, so we can begin this journey together. And just a reminder, if you haven't heard, we're starting organic evangelism next week. Please, please, please join a connect group if you're not in one. I'd hate you guys to miss out. Um, The sign-in sheets are over there by the door and we'll get in contact with you to let you know where things are at. And the last thing is I know I've gone through a whole heap of Bible verses this morning. And as I mentioned, I've got a whole heap more. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to email those out to everyone we've got on our contact list. You can ignore it if you like, but I'd love for you to, to get in there and revisit the promises that God has for you. So if you aren't sure that we've got your contact details, again, the green the green card or the green posters up the back. I'd love you to fill that out. That'd be awesome. Bless your heaps, guys. Let's, let's close with some worship in song. Bless you.